Hi, I'm David Finnegan. I'm a writer, theatre artist and game designer who works with research scientists. This is a monthly audio series about how art and storytelling meets the world of complex systems, earth science and planetary transformation. Making art about climate and the environment feels to me like a continual hunt for the right form. Some artists, I imagine, find a form that works for them and then develop and refine it over many years. They zero in on a single genre or style, then slowly master the core elements of that style. For them, making a new work is about finding new content that fits their style. New ideas, stories, concepts, and folding them into that existing form. For me, it's the other way around. My central preoccupation as an artist is the environment climate and global change, complex social ecological systems, and the science and research that helps us make sense of them. The work I make is always, in some way or another, an attempt to animate these topics through performance. Put it another way, I start with the content, not the form. But climate and the environment is a notoriously hard subject to pin down through art. I've written in the past about how climate is too broad to be the subject of an artwork. Climate is the background to all the other stories we tell. It's the context and the setting more than it is the story itself. Climate and the environment is everywhere. It's everything. How do you tell a story about everything? What I dream about is a form, a genre, a structure, a shape that can hold all of the vast scope and complexity of the transforming planet. At the same time, that form also needs to contain all of the things I want from a good work of art. Joy, action, spectacle, a good soundtrack. The tension between these two impulses is the engine that drives my art. I don't think I'm alone here. I think all climate artists are hunting for the form that will allow them to express the complexities of the world in a rich and evocative way. Gaia Vince found it in Adventures in the Anthropocene, where she travelled to a series of communities in different parts of the world and interviewed people navigating environmental change in innovative ways. Personal road trip through the new world that humans have created, which was also a road trip into Vince's own perspectives and opinions. Elizabeth Colpert found it in her A to Z of Climate piece in The New Yorker, where she wrote 26 mini-essays themed around different letters of the alphabet. It worked because of the game she was playing. The reader wants to know, is it possible that she can find a climate narrative for each letter while still maintaining some kind of logical through line through the story? Lucy Kirkwood found it in The Children when she placed a classic kitchen sink drama in the aftermath of a nuclear disaster. It worked because the play drew the audience in with the familiar love triangle hook and then gradually widened the aperture until the true stakes of the story became clear. In my work, I'm constantly testing out different forms, trying to find the perfect structure for the content I want to share. For one project, I attempted to create a blockbuster piece of performance spectacle by weaving together interviews I'd done with 30 different climate scientists. In another, I used the last 75,000 years of human history as the spine for a story about how we can navigate what's coming. In Scenes from the Climate Era, I borrowed a technique from the interstitial chapters of The Grapes of Wrath, in which Steinbeck animates the world of 1930s Dust Bowl America through a chorus of overlapping voices. Reading the novel, the effect of these chapters is something like 
standing on the edge of a crowd of people, overhearing snippets of conversations, advertisements, stump speeches, and arguments. Owners with rolled up sleeves, salesmen, neat, deadly, small, intent eyes watching for weaknesses. Watch the woman's face. If the woman likes it, we can screw the old man. Start him on that CAD. Then you can work him down to that 26 Buick. If you start on the Buick, they'll go for an Ord. Roll up your sleeves and get to work. This ain't gonna last forever. Show him that Nash while I get the slow leak up pumped on that 25 Dodge. I'll give you a high me when I'm ready. What you want is transportation, ain't it? No baloney for you. Sure the upholstery is shot. Seat cushions ain't turning no wheels over. Cars lined up, noses forward, rusty noses, flat tires, parked close together. Get him under obligation. Make him take up your time. Don't let him forget they're taking your time. People are nice, mostly. They hate to put you out. Make him put you out, and then sock it to him. Cars lined up, Model Ts, high and snotty, creaking wheels, worn bands, Buick, Nashes, DeSotos. Now, I set out to write Climate Era in that mode a script of choruses speaking from all the different corners of the climate sphere as a way of bringing together all the conversations I've been having with disaster risk specialists, green investors, environmental activists, renewable energy engineers, policymakers, scientists, and climate deniers. The result was a set of around 66 snapshot scenes, each depicting a different corner of the climate world, the debates and decisions and questions that we're confronted with in this strange moment in the Earth's history. And it worked. In Belvoir's production, director Carissa Licciadello and the cast and creatives turned that script into a show that connected. The show contained all of the climate content I was excited about, tangled up with the chaotic, comedy, drama, music, and dancing that makes a theatre show worth watching. The performance version of a social media doom scroll, as the Saturday paper pointed out. The form worked. But it failed, too. Scenes from the Climate Era was able to illustrate the scope and scale of environmental change, partly by avoiding having any central characters or a narrative. Removing character and plot freed us up to shape the story around other elements like repeated images, themes, and emotional progression. But when you sacrifice character and plot, you remove two of the biggest elements that audiences hold onto when watching a show. In order to ensure the piece didn't exhaust people with a constant parade of novelty, we limited the show to a strict 70-minute runtime. In other words, by widening the lens, we had to reduce the scale. Every form fails in its own way, but those failures become interesting and some get you closer than others. In my heart of hearts, I really believe that there's a structure, a form, a story that can contain everything, that can allow us to understand everything, to feel everything. Out of the productive failure of climate era, I can already start to see the outlines of the next form. That form will fail, and the next will fail too, and each will reveal something new, some new unexpected possibility will open up, even while each form closes down other potentials. We don't have long in this life. A few decades or so, if we're lucky. If you're an artist, you get maybe a couple of hundred months at most in your whole life where you're at the top of your game, where you can try to create something meaningful. Meanwhile, audiences change. The art form changes. The world is transforming. You're trying to hit a moving target while the ground underneath you is buckling. And yet, and yet, you have to believe that the next project, you'll get it right. You'll nail it. 
form and content will align perfectly at last and the whole thing will slide into place with one satisfying click. And there it will be, the real world, the true world, reflected for a moment in your art, being for one moment a true wellspring for the inspiration, blurring no expression, smudging no lines. You have to believe it's possible. It's possible for all of us. Mm -hmm.